0: Hi, I'm Rob. Tale number 12, The Case of the Vanishing Chicken. I was working at a restaurant as a cook, and I had a coworker that we will call Mary. We had the same position, but Mary was way more passionate about cooking than I was, and she sort of became known for her fried chicken. We only did it one day a week, and that was always our busiest day. I think a sign of how much people liked this chicken was, chefs from other restaurants would come eat it. The chicken became more and more popular, and people started requesting it for events. The restaurant was only open Monday through Friday, and the person that owned it was not really interested in doing catering. But they let Mary use the kitchen and start her own catering business. And then Mary hired people to work the events with her. And of course, she tried to use the people that worked at the cafe, so she ended up hiring me. Mary's first catering event was a family reunion. It was for 50 people. They wanted fried chicken as the entree, and then they wanted macaroni and cheese, potato salad, coleslaw, but vinegar-based, not mayonnaise-based, and then I think a carrot salad, which does have mayonnaise in it, and then just like a big green salad. The menu was sort of like a picnic But the event itself was being held in this giant old house that had been turned into an event space. The day of the big event arrives. We've cooked all of our food, and we have this huge cart that we put all the food in. We load it up into a van, and we drive to the house. We arrive, and then we start setting up our space to serve the food. The dinner is happening in what I guess you could describe as like a grand hall within this old house. There's a buffet line that everyone will go through. But there's servers that actually put the food on the plate. We put some white tablecloths on long tables. We get all of our plates and serving utensils and silverware ready. And then we set up chafing dishes. And then the sterno, which is like the fuel that you put in the chafing dish to keep the food hot. And then about 10 minutes before we're actually supposed to serve the food, we go to put the food out. But it's not there. Our cart is nowhere to be seen. We checked the van. It was not in the van. We started checking other rooms and we could not find it anywhere, and it was pretty much time to serve. Mary is really freaking out, and I feel terrible for her. We all know we brought the food in, but we just can't find it. By that time, the event staff that actually work at the house, they're looking everywhere and helping us. There was a separate bar area with a bartender. He starts helping us, but the food is nowhere to be seen. It vanished. Then we get word that there's a 30-minute delay for dinner. Apparently, there's some major family drama at this family reunion. They were out somewhere on the property taking photos of everyone, and they took them out there in golf carts. And while they were doing the photo shoot, someone took the keys out of the golf carts. So they had to send out more golf carts to bring them back. This was the first time that night that I heard the term saboteur being used. And I don't know who said it. But once the idea had been introduced, Mary really took hold of it and immediately made the connection that this saboteur had taken our food. So this 30-minute window opens up to find our food, and now it appears that it's actually been stolen intentionally. And Mary takes control of the situation, switches gears, and says, we have to have food here in 30 minutes. Any food. We get out our phones and start brainstorming. There's a Kentucky Fried Chicken 10 minutes away. We send one of our other staff members to buy all their fried chicken. Mary and I head to a grocery store a few minutes away. They also have fried chicken, but they only have 16 pieces left, and their operation is shut down for the day. There won't be any more. And then they also have pre-made potato salad. We buy all of their pre-made potato salad. They have pre-made carrot salad. We buy a bunch of that. Then we get shredded cabbage and the ingredients she needs to make the slaw and we're able to get stuff for the green salad. So apart from homemade salad dressings, it will be pretty much the same. I think the genius thing that Mary did was she bought things to add to the pre-made salads. So like for the potato salad, it had so much mayonnaise in it, it was almost soupy. She bought instant mashed potatoes and mixed some of those in there, and it like tightened up the potato salad. And then with the carrot salad, it was also pretty gross, so she added more carrots. Our co-worker was able to get 24 pieces of fried chicken from KFC. So that put us up to 40 pieces of fried chicken, but some of those were like small pieces, like wings. We definitely needed more. So he had them start cooking more and brought us what they had. For the macaroni and cheese, we had to get more creative. There was like a Southern buffet that was pretty close. We called them, told them our situation, and they agreed to sell us a whole pan of macaroni and cheese. And they said their macaroni and cheese was homemade. We were really excited about that. But when we picked it up, it was just like frozen mac and cheese that had been, you know, cooked in an oven. It was definitely not up to Mary's standards, but it's what we had. By the time 30 minutes had rolled around, we had recreated the entire meal. Fried chicken, macaroni and cheese, potato salad, coleslaw, carrot salad, and a green salad. The people arrived to eat. We served them. We didn't run out of food. All things considered, it was a great success. And the crazy thing was, they loved the food. So many compliments. Mary thought they were just being nice, but afterwards, the people that had ordered the food came up, thanked her, said they were so happy with the food, and they would definitely use her again for future events. And they did end up hiring Mary again for another event, and they didn't like the food as much. They asked her if she had changed her recipes, which is pretty funny. But what happened to the food that we cooked? Well, the event ended, and we began to clean up. And Mary shifted from making this dinner work at all costs to detective mode. That food had cost a lot of money, and since we'd had to go buy a bunch more food for retail, Mary was losing a lot of money on this event. She was not going to be able to like, sell the food, but she just wanted to know what happened. Also, the cart and the pans that the food had been in were pretty expensive, so she wanted our equipment back. She really honed in on this idea of the saboteur. If we could find who took the keys from the golf carts, we could find who took our food. So she just started casually asking around. She did take off her name tag, so hopefully she would not be connected back to her catering company. And then she approached random family members at this family reunion and started asking them about what had happened with the golf carts. She couldn't ask them what had happened with the food because none of these people actually knew that the food had vanished. And nobody seemed to know what had happened with the golf carts. But she wasn't going to give up so easily. Her next idea was to talk to the bartender. He's the person that had probably talked to more of the family members than anyone. And if anybody knew about the drama going on, he would know about the drama. So she asked him. And he said, yeah, I know what happened with the keys. And she was like, whoa, really? What? And he said, one of the staff members that drove them out there, when they stopped the golf cart, they have a policy to take the key out because they don't want kids getting in there and driving them off. So he took the keys out, put them in his pocket, and then left, and forgot to give them to the other guys that were going to be driving them back. So there was no saboteur. It was just an error that someone at this house had made. Now that there was no saboteur, Mary admitted defeat. And we had actually stayed so long conducting this investigation that they were now about to move back into the main hall again for this slideshow thing, like people had been taking photos all week and there was a slideshow. So we had to pause our cleanup to not make any noise for the slideshow, and we just kind of sat there and watched the slideshow. Some of the photos in the slideshow had been taken that very day at the meal in question, like they must have taken them and then really quickly added them to this slideshow on the computer. And I'm sitting there, and you can see us in the background serving food from the buffet line, and I see our food cart just like right behind us where we're serving food. And I'm actually standing very close to there as I'm watching this. So I walk over there and there it is. It's just sitting there. I pointed out to Mary and she's like, well, someone had to bring it back. Something happened. And we keep watching this slideshow and there's lots of photos with the card in it. It's there at the beginning, the middle and the end of the meal. It's there the whole time. Somehow we just didn't see it. I mean, it was like less than 10 feet from us the whole time some sort of like collective blind spot was created where none of us saw it there, even though it was right next to us. And a lot of people put a lot of effort into finding it, and nobody noticed that it was just sitting there. I have no idea how we did not see it there. It is baffling. And the only thing I can think of is that someone put some flowers on top of it to kind of make it look nice, one of the staff members at the house. And for whatever reason, that visual cue led to us not paying attention to it as our food. I could be totally wrong about that, of course. I don't know how brains work. So we opened our cart up. All the food was in there. It was still hot, because those things keep food hot. It was probably pretty nasty by then. The slideshow ended. We wheeled our cart out of there, and we left. It probably goes without saying, it was a quiet ride home. We all felt really dumb, and were embarrassed. But I have a lot of respect for how Mary handled that situation, How she made it work when it seemed like there was no way to make it work. That shaky start did not ruin her catering company. It's been a big success, and she's still in business today. I do think we would have eventually found the cart while cleaning up. And if we had, instead of seeing it in the slideshow, I think the story I might be telling you would be about the time a saboteur wreaked havoc on a family reunion. Rob Tells Tales is produced by me, Rob Tiffin. I had some additional editing help from Ben Lamb. The cover art is by Marcella Johnson. She also came up with the title. The end credits music is by Poddington Bear. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and at Robtellstales.com. This podcast would have not been possible without Ben, Marcella, and Melanie. Thank you, and thanks for listening.